0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to the Fantasy Points Podcast on Tuesday, as we always do, going down the injuries and the waiver wire I am Joe Dolan. He is Dr. Edwin Pores, doctor of physical therapy. You can follow him on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. I am not just blowing smoke up his ass. That's the technical term for it. I think he is the best in the space at what he does with injuries. Uh, rational explanations, everything backed up by a study. Um, just, I, I think following Edwin on Twitter is just one of the best things you can do if you want to learn more about the human body. I have a terrible body. Um, I'm trying to get it better, uh, and, 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 and I'm working through it, Edwin. I'm working through getting my body better, um, but I could not go out there against 280-pound men and survive. And sometimes it's a wonder that any of these guys can do that, but we're going to be talking here, injuries, Mr., uh, uh, doctor Porus, don't uh, forgive me. You put you put a lot of time into being called doctor, so I'm Mister Your Doctor. It's good to be with you, my friend. How you doing? It's it's going well. I
1: really appreciate those intros, Joe. But I really think that one of my hidden talents that you you failed to mention is my uh, skill for puns. And I think okay. the best uh the best thing we're gonna do is talk about injuries. That's the most valuable thing we'll do. Um, and if anything, I think some of these injuries really proved that running backs don't matter soon.
0: Uh, you are. That is awful. That is just awful. Uh, ben can edit it since, out. If especially really since to. I think Dalvin Cook is one of the ones who I think does matter. Uh, right. That's um, true. That's true. You know, Derrick Henry matters, obviously. Christian McCaffrey matters, and we got to talk about those guys. But let's let's kick off this rather long list. Now we've got a lot of injuries. I'm not sure many of them are serious, but they affect fantasy all the same. Let's start with the one that I think is serious, and this one sucks because I think he's he's a completely underrated player, both for fantasy and reality, James White, um, and he has a hip injury, and from what I was reading on your Twitter feed, you seem to think this is similar to what happened to Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one.
1: Yeah, so essentially the mechanism of injury was he landed with his knee and his hip bent, and it was a forceful posterior translation, uh, which means just, the hip went backwards and jammed into the back of the capsule. The worst case scenario, what you get with that type of injury is like a Tua injury from when he was in college. That's not what I think happened. That's not what anybody thinks, but that's the mechanism of injury. The severity is probably a lot less, but that can still cause the hip to come out of place and go back in or just partially come out of place uh, and, and go back in on its own. That can cause damage to a lot of the structures that hold the hip in place. So that and the problem with that. Is the hip is obviously a super super high weight bearing joint, and a running back needs to be able to bear weight through those structures without pain, right. discomfort, stiffness, and so this is not looking good. Uh, for for James White, we'll probably see some IR movement at some point. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I'd be you know pleasantly surprised if they didn't move him to IR, but I would expect this to be a lengthy uh, stand on the IR for him.
0: So six to eight weeks time frame. You think at least? Um, yeah. I think is is least. there any difference? I mean, I I, I think I know the answer, but is there any difference between a quarterback having to get over this injury and a running back in a high contact position?
1: There is. There's a slight difference. The functional demands are a little different. You would expect a quarterback to be able to come back a little sooner, although, you know, it's sort of what is what's the phrase joe this i'm so bad at these phrases six seven of one a half dozen other six of one half six dozen of one the other. Half,
0: of the, uh, yeah. half a dozen half dozen of the other yeah it's
1: like it's it's like yeah the quarterback might be able to come back a little sooner but are they going to be you know mobile at all so you know it, overall, it's overall to crap injury it really sucks to see it happen i hope that i'm wrong and that the severity is less than what it appeared to be but i yeah. I, I don't expect this to be to, to go well for him
0: For those who uh, um, go back and remember hip injuries for running backs, how similar is this to the injury that ended Bo Jackson's career?
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people talk about the injury and it gets it gets discussed a lot. The difference between Bo Jackson's injury and and, you know, even James White and Ryan Fitzpatrick's injury is that if if I read this correctly, because it's been a while since I've read about it, I'm relatively certain Bo Jackson's came hip came out and did not did not go back on its own. So it actually dislocated. The problem with that is that during that time period when the hip is out, there's a lot of blood flow that doesn't get there. So you get blood flow that gets cut off, it turns into a whole deal, because it basically can become, you know, it's a very serious injury, not necessarily fatal, but it can become it it puts the, the limb at risk in general. And that's that integrity of the joint is never the same, because it's just cutting off blood to a joint that shouldn't ever ever have <laughs> blood cut off yeah. from that area. So it's a lot more difficult of a rehab. Uh, the fracture is 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 obviously going to be there at that point if the hip totally comes out of place. So it's a lot more serious. Uh, Bo Jackson's was. And we're also, you know, however many years removed from that. So our science is a little lot bit better. Mm-hmm. 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 We're a little bit uh, quicker at identifying these things. So this is not anywhere near that severity.
0: And from what I understand, like uh, just just reading what like doctors said about Bo Jackson, it was essentially superhuman that he was able to walk off the field. Yes, it was
1: absolutely. Bo Jackson was a freak of nature. Like if there were ever freaks of nature, Bo Jackson's in the top five freak of nature.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some of those you mentioned. Running backs don't matter. Sin ha 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 ha. Yeah, well, let's know, let's talk about somebody who matters a lot to fantasy teams. That's Dalvin Cook. Uh, he sat out week 3 with the ankle injury and Madison came in and was fantastic. Um just utterly fantastic. Um what what's your read on Dalvin Cook's situation because it correct me if I'm wrong, but he injured the ankle in week 2 and actually played snaps after injuring the ankle and then had to miss week 3.
1: Yeah, he was looking not great once he came back in week 2 when he when he had that high ankle sprain. And it, it's it's a high ankle sprain. They have such a wide variety of severities. You can have a high ankle sprain, not miss any time at all. You can have a high ankle sprain. That's like a Michael Thomas situation. This obviously probably isn't worst case scenario. But if you look at the studies that uh, I've, I've, that I conducted on my own 2016 to 2020, the skill players who missed time because of a high ankle sprain, the, the mean, so the average amount of time that they missed was two weeks, mm-hmm. the mode. So the most frequently amount of missed time was three And then if you break it down on a case-by-case basis, only 14% of skill players didn't miss any time at all. 22% missed one game. 12% missed two games. And then obviously we just mentioned the the mode, which is 27% of players missed three games. So basically you have this wide range. He's already missed one game. So there's a good chance that he misses this next game. Uh, and is backed by the third game just it just depends on on the severity so we're gonna really gonna have to watch the injury report on this because I can't get a good feel Mike Zimmer's terrible at telling being honest with us yeah so he might hype him up again and hype him up again if Zimmer hypes him up all week and he still doesn't practice again then I'm not believing him this week
0: yeah okay well uh keep Alexander Madison on your rosters for sure uh let's get to the other guy who was a top two fantasy pick that's Christian McCaffrey um we had Matt Rule come out Yesterday, Edwin, and essentially say yesterday being Monday, uh, the 27th, and essentially say, no, he's not going on IR. That seems to indicate they think he's got a really good shot to play um, by week six. So um, sorry, he looks okay to me walking. he obviously had a, a hitch in his giddy up when he got hurt. What did you see from this injury from Christian McCaffrey? The fact that he was walking okay doesn't make me think this is anything like the Austin Eckler situation from last year.
1: No, no. And when you see that it's a non-contact issue, it doesn't mean that it's it doesn't automatically mean it's not severe. But if it's non-contact, that means there's less external force out there, less force going through the joint and the muscle itself. So it typically means that it's a, a little bit a little bit easier on the muscle itself so essentially what you get is this non-contact injury and if we go through the same types of numbers the mean the amount of time average missed time for a hamstring strain skill players 2016 through 2019 was uh, 1.4 so basically you have to bump it up to two it's about two weeks the median was 1.6 so that's also about two um, and when you look down the breakdown again of the numbers, you see about about 73 players of this. So it is 33 percent of the players missed no time at all. 33 percent missed uh, missed one game. And then it sort of goes on a downturn, only 15 missed two games and, and so forth. So really, he's either going to miss no time at all or he's going to miss more than likely one game just based on what the the Panthers are saying. I think maximum maximum you'll see Christian McCaffrey miss Two games. I'm really hoping, and it, and it sounds like, and it feels like, based on the data and everything coming out of uh, Carolina, it really seems like it's just going to be a one-game a- absence for Christian McCaffrey. So, fingers crossed for that.
0: Uh, let's talk about some of the other hamstring injuries. Kind of grouping them together here. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the potential severity. I don't know if you've done more research than me. A.J. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton all have hamstring injuries.
1: Yeah, that's uh, so annoying. Uh, these <laughs> these injuries are so annoying, Joe. They just yeah. pop up. They come out of nowhere. They're workload related. They're not predictable. And then you have to look at the idea that I think A.J. Brown, they already said, is week to week. So specifically for A.J. Brown and the way that they've been, the way Tennessee has been managing Julio Jones specifically uh, I think has been interesting and a good indicator of how they might handle AJ Brown. You know, Julio Jones didn't play the entire, what like the entire few possessions, I think, in, in Tennessee, yeah. um, which is an interesting decision. But if it's for his health, then I'm all for it. But I think that tells you how conservative they are. And these injuries, these hamstring injuries, these soft tissue injuries do have about a 26% yearly overall recurrence. There's about a 26% chance that they'll recur in the same season. And so I taking all of that into consideration, AJ Brown's one guy that I would be surprised if he's active. MVS um, a little bit of a different story. I think he might be out there depending on how severe it is again. Yeah. Um, but th- these guys are both going to be super volatile in their first week back, regardless of when they come back. If they both come back um, this mm-hmm. week, they're both volatile. So st- same thing with Sterling Shepard and, and Darius Slayton, all of these guys. Uh, so Adam Thielen, is in 2019 is the one guy that I think of who is a poster child for came back way too early. I don't know if you remember, Joe, He had the hamstring strain one yeah. week, uh, missed a week, tried to come back the following week, re-injured it. The dude was, dude was trying to come back too soon. And that is always, uh, in the cards for players who are trying to come back too soon from a hamstring injury. I'd rather they, they slow play it the way Tennessee and Carolina seem to be doing than try to bring guys back fast. Yeah.
0: A uh, couple of shoulder injuries here. Uh, T Higgins and Elijah Mitchell. Now we know they called Elijah Mitchell's a stinger. I don't think Elijah Mitchell was missing last week if he had a stinger. He he basically played out of necessity uh, at the end of that game in week two. Uh, T Higgins missed the game. I think that kind of popped up. Um, I, I might have missed it. I think that kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, what, what are you seeing with these injuries uh, to the shoulders?
1: Yeah, so if we start with Elijah Mitchell, his specific situation was kind of interesting. When you look at his history, he actually had a 2018 neck injury. And by the way, I wouldn't have been able to find that without another physical therapist's help, uh, Ethan Turner. He does a great job of digging through every rookie prospect's history. That way I don't have to because I'm lazy, Joe, but he does. And he creates this. I know you're lazy. You don't have a job right now. (laughs) That's exactly right. I'm just chilling, man. So uh, anyway, moral of the story. In 2018, Elijah Mitchell had a neck injury. And I think I discussed this last time. Essentially, what a stinger is, is compression of the nerves that come out of the neck and lead to the shoulder. That's really what a stinger is. So it also relates to the neck. 85% of the time, those resolve within one hour. Obviously, that wasn't the case with Elijah Mitchell, and that makes sense given his history. So that burning numbness, weakness, tingling that he might have in that uh, hand probably wasn't gone by Saturday of last week. He did finally practice uh, impartial on Friday, and I think that that bodes pretty well for his for his week four availability. Obviously, things aren't predictable, but I would expect him to be out there. Um, So that's what I would expect for Elijah Mitchell. And then on the other hand, you have T Higgins, a guy that he I did go back and watch the film on this. He was tackled and he had his arm outstretched. Typically, that implicates either the AC joint or the labrum, which is the inside joint of the of the shoulder joint, the inside structures of the sh- shoulder joint. This can be these can be super painful, super annoying to lift your arm overhead, super annoying to push anybody and block, uh, push anybody away. Even though the Bengals would have had an estimated, you know, partial walkthrough yesterday, he still was estimated to have been a do not play. I think given the quick turnaround. T. Higgins might be out again uh, for this Thursday night game.
0: Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet, is a daily fantasy sports operator offering a unique style of player props. One of the things we really love about MKF is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create you know, that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire like you have to do on other sites. The third biggest operator in DFS offers all the major sports... Plus, UFC, golf, eSports, soccer, and constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users. Case in point, college football's here in fall of 2021. And we've even heard rumblings of bowling, tennis, and fishing. I know Jimmy you're a big
1: Houston. fishing guy. You know? Yeah, get
0: a little Jimmy Houston props there. He calls the fish aim, which I love. I love Jimmy Houston. How it works, you pick a sport, select a game matchup, Pick your fantasy contest, more or less, rapid fire, stat shootout, and then you just choose your buy-in. New users can use code FANTASYPTS to claim an instant $100 deposit match up to $100. Uh, Excuse me, that's an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. So put $100 in, get $100. Put $50 in, get $50. Do whatever you want. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. Head to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. That's code fantasy, P-T-S, MonkeyKnifefight.com. I don't think anybody got in a knife fight here, Edwin. Uh, that would be bad. Uh, I I don't know how I don't know if you've come into stab wounds, at least since Tyrod Taylor uh, for injuries. But let's talk about a a couple of guys who, well, one guy who had surgery and another guy you think should have had surgery. Uh, That's Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens and Curtis Samuel of the team. And they have similar injuries.
1: Yes, Curtis Samuel. These are two guys who I think do a very good job of reflecting what happens with these groin injuries, depending on the management choices that are made. I'm not saying that one management choice was superior to the other. I'm simply saying that these groin injuries and, and soft tissue injuries can be really tricky to deal with. You saw Rashad Bateman, August 25th, I believe it was, underwent a repair of his groin. Week four, being active in week four, would be roughly 50, I think 52 to 54 days. Uh, and we do, we know that the return to sport for NFL players after these groin surgeries is about 58 days. If you think about uh, Alan, Alan Lazard last year, that was about a 60-day absence. So for Bateman specifically, I would be surprised if he's out there in week four. I think week five is a little bit more realistic, but he will start to practice this week, I believe. Um, and then you also look at Curtis Samuel, a little bit, you know, more of a loose cannon in terms of what to expect. He ha- he's had this groin issue since June, yeah. and Washington sat down and they decided, no, I think we can rehab this. I think this is something we can do conservatively. You don't need to have surgery. So he had a recurrence, and then he had another recurrence, and now uh, Runner Rivera is saying that he's going to try to 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 run a little bit more this week. They're going to try to get him in, into the into practice, and they're excited about that. Curtis Samuel is obviously at this point, I don't know how, how, what percentage of leagues he's rostered in, but he's somebody you can take a bit of a flyer on. Just understand that since this has been a chronic thing, and since he's had a couple of recurrences, he's a lot more risky than somebody like Rashad Bateman is. And hopefully you actually stash Rashad Bateman. Um, I, the surgeries for the groin issues are very, very effective. You saw OBJ in 2019 before I, yeah, it was 2019. Um, had the groin surgery and he, he was going to do really well. The, the data shows that those groin surgeries do very well. Unfortunately, OBJ ended up tearing his his ACL, but I would be, I would trust a lot more confidently Rashad Bateman in week five and six than I would Curtis Samuel the rest of the way.
0: Okay. Good, good advice there. Uh, Deontay Brown, uh, excuse me, Deontay Johnson. Um, uh, like I, I know people are just sick and tired of him. Um, always acting like he's hurt like five times a game. Uh, This one seems like it was an actual injury, though. He had to miss Week 3. Ed, when you saw the play, it was the final play of the Steelers Week 2 game.
1: Yeah, there's just nothing there that I really... I mean, the only thing that I could anticipate that this being is either a bone bruise or an MCL sprain. But I mean, that would be even reckless speculation. The angles weren't great. We no longer have coaches film. I don't know where to petition for that, uh, to say that, to to bring coaches film back. Um, So it's really a difficult thing. And so I'm just taking it a week by week. If we think of this as a bone bruise, then you can consider it, you know, a two to four week injury. If it's an MCL issue and it's just a grade one, then it's also going to be probably between a one to two Week absence I don't mm-hmm. think this is a big deal if it was the Steelers likely would have put him on IR already of course you saw Deontay Johnson himself post on Instagram that he's setting up for a massive comeback Joe so you would think oh. that the, dude, the dude's knee exploded
0: yeah a massive comeback <laughs>
1: It's oh, ridiculous. It's so at this point with him, it's just
0: ridiculous, uh, dude. Uh, that's that's. I should post that to Instagram every time I drink too much, uh, watching a football <laughs> game, and I get up in the morning. of comeback, baby. True. <laughs> here comes here, here comes Dolan. A um, uh, couple more just uh, to clean up some loose ends. Um, Elijah Moore concussion. Antonio Brown COVID list. These are protocol situations, Edwin. I mean, you can't really analyze these. These are protocol situations.
1: Right. For Elijah Moore, I don't believe he's had a concussion in the past, Joe. Um, And I can try to find that out here in just a minute. But I, I do think that there's a little bit of analysis that goes into this. Typically, it's about a 50-50 coin toss for players who have their first time concussion. So you, you'll you either have Elijah Moore in your lineup or you won't. Although I think he's been a bit of a letdown. At least he has for me in a couple of leagues anyway. So I don't know how many people are actually defending, uh, depending on him. Yeah. And then, yeah, Antonio Brown is is hopefully symptom free. We know that the Bucs are 100% vaccinated, so we know he's vaccinated and hopefully can clear a couple of COVID tests here in the next couple of days.
0: Uh, okay. uh, A couple more, uh, Josh Jacobs, any update you have on him?
1: Josh Jacobs is, there's no update there. But we know that he finally was practicing in a non-contact jersey on Friday. So I think that you might see him in limited capacity uh, in practice this week. And I would expect him to be active, although you never really know. This was a super weird situation in the first place. But typically that first week when players come back with these types of just bumps and bruises and they, they start practicing, they're able to be active on game day. So that's what I would expect from him.
0: And there's a, a another slew of injuries here, uh, none of which you think are serious. Justin Fields, George Kittle, Juju, and Gronk. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, has a hand or a finger. Kittle is a calf, and Juju and Gronk are ribs.
1: Yes, so that's that's none of those seem to be a big deal. Fields' X-ray came back negative. Juju's X-rays were negative, so you can a, sort of operate under the sort of Amari Cooper umbrella with Juju Smith-Schuster. None of those, you know, issues seem to be anything serious as of now which is why you should follow the injury tracker. go to fantasypoints.com at the new what is it i don't even know the tabs joe the news and and and, and research so here's tab. what you
0: do you go to fantasypoints.com <laughs> even if you don't subscribe which you should by the way 21 porous 10 gets you 10 percent off and the, you know the prices keep going down here if you go to the middle on the on the toolbar and you just click on research and news you have a nice little nifty drop down menu Over on the right, it says Injury Insights under News and Reports. That is Edwin chiming in on things we didn't even talk about here. So, fantastic uh, from Edwin. Obviously, um, another one to throw out. KJ Hamler has a torn ACL. I hate to say pretty cut and dry. Yep, yep, pretty cut and dry. Pretty cut and dry. Um, And they said, uh, I think Vic Fangio said there's some other stuff there, too. No, that's Um,
1: never good, to be honest. When when the coaches are saying, oh, you know, it's something else. That reminds me of when Pete Carroll... Gosh, this still gives me, you know, some flashbacks and negative flashbacks. Pete Carroll said with Rashad Penny, it's a little bit more than an ACL and he has not been the same since. So you, you hate to hear that. That's probably some meniscus. It's probably some, some MCL. You, You just hate to hear that. Maybe some capsule. So yeah, for dynasty players, oh, it might be a long road. It might be a long road. We'll see.
0: All right, Doctor Edwin Ports. Follow him on Twitter at fb injury doc. Thank you, Edwin, for uh, for your time today. Thank you for uh, working around uh, my crazy schedule, uh, my stupid schedule, because I completely forgot. Joe got injury. a new haircut. Yeah.
1: Joe got a new haircut. Did, He's going to send pictures to everybody. He's going to tweet them out, aren't Absolutely you?
0: Absolutely not. I will Wait, not do it. There's that. one
1: more Joe. There's one more player. Um, that Sorry. I, I told we totally missed, and I just thought of it. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, according to Tom okay. Pilicero. Considered day to day with an, a minor MCL sprain. It doesn't sound my, uh, uh, like a big thing whatsoever. Monitor his practice reports. He'll probably be a go, but that's okay. sort of early in the week. But I did miss him. But that's yes, tweezed right. Tweak, yes.
0: Is that, is that lower than a grade one? Can you have a grade zero? You,
1: it, <laughs> some research will identify you know injuries that don't show up on imaging or anything like that as a yeah. grade zero. So you technically can.
0: All right, so there. I uh, I I thought I made something up, but I didn't. No, you didn't. Uh,
1: You're smart. Now uh, right? somebody
0: thought of that already. At FB Doc on Twitter. Uh, thank you, uh, Edwin. We'll be back with Tom Raleigh to talk waiver wire, but first, Ben Kukanis with a word from our sponsors. Thank you, Ben, and welcome back to the Fantasy Points Podcast. As we do every week, here we break down the injuries, and then we break down the fantasy football implications of the injuries. Uh, with Tom Brawley of fantasypoints.com. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley. He is working on the waiver wire live on Sundays. Tom, it's it's a collaboration between you and John Hansen, and you know, you do the most of you do the most of the slate, and then John kind of comes in and adds the stragglers and you know, I think I think our article's as good as ever this year The uh, uh, up at FantasyPoints.com. Obviously, our most popular article at FantasyPoints.com. Yeah, because
2: everybody does waiver wire on Tuesday. We're always looking to yeah. enhance our lineups. and uh, No different this week. Of course, we get the, uh, the major bummer uh, news. I mean, everybody got to see it on Thursday Night Football there. The number one overall pick, Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, goes down with a hamstring injury. Uh, crushed me. I, yeah, I gave out a, you know, a rushing prop for him that night. It looked like he was going to cruise to it, but, uh, we're right back kind of, you know, it's a different type of injury, hamstring injury, soft tissue injury, mm-hmm. but we're kind of right back to where we were last year with, uh, McCaffrey and trying to find his handcuff this week. Yeah. So uh, the good news is, Tom, uh, Edwin said he doesn't expect
0: he's going to miss more than two games. Um, Mm -hmm. It it appears the Panthers don't think he's going to miss more than two games. There's a chance he doesn't even miss one. I think that's on the lower end range of outcomes. Um, But it looks like one to two games seems to be the most likely outcome. But let's talk about the Carolina Panthers in general, because there are multiple players on Carolina who are worth consideration depending on the size of your league, depending on your needs, who might be able to break down for you, and obviously, I, we don't need to we don't really need to break this down aggressively. It starts with Chuba Hubbard,
2: yeah. He's the uh the number one guy this week, he'll be you know everybody's main target, even if it's just for a game or two. Um, you know, a, a lot of McCaffrey owners already you know have him. He was about 23% owned in Yahoo, so you know, <laughs> some owners uh did the prudent move, but even if you didn't, and uh, you know, you're a McCaffrey owner. Now might be the time to, you know, use use your fab there. Make sure you get them. Uh, might be only a game or two, but, you know, these hamstring issues, these...
0: They can you know, linger.
2: They can linger. And that's, you know, that that's what we're worried about as McCaffrey owners. Uh, you know, we don't want to see this, you know, last all season, but we've seen it happen at times with other players. So uh, now's the time to pick them up. And he's gonna. He should stay on your bench for the rest of the year if you're a McCaffrey owner. And even if not, you might want to keep him. So uh, he kind of came in. He kind of was the guy. He did have a drop at the one yard line. He was going to go in for an easy touchdown. Got pulled from the game. Uh, Royce Freeman did come in. He got absolutely stoned at the at the one yard line. Couldn't get in. Uh, but you know we're we're going to see free. You know this isn't going to be a McCaffrey situation where he's out there for. of the snaps, Royce Freeman will be mixed in, but, you know, uh, you know, I think we can expect like, you know, 65 to 75% of the snaps and, uh, you know, the touches in this backfield for as long as McCaffrey is out of lineup and, uh, you know, he gets a decent match up here against Dallas. Uh, you know, the Eagles decided not to run the ball last night, but which uh, was bizarre, which was the stupid, one of the dumbest things I've seen in the season so far, but, uh, I think the Panthers will, you know, give, uh, Hubbard some chances. So uh, he's going to be like probably like a you know high end RB two I would say this week you know somewhere in that range, um, so he should get plenty of touches and uh, we'll see how McCaffrey you know I I don't think he'll play this week yeah I
0: yeah
2: I would put that percent chance at, you know less than five you know even if he is ready I could see them kind of playing it on the safe side here uh, you know he is their big money guy he's the, he kind of the catalyst for the entire offense so. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll be cautious with him, but yeah. uh, Hubbard is the guy. He's the uh, the you know we haven't had too many uh, big time waiver guys to start the season, but this is uh, Hubbard will be the top of this week's class.
0: Yeah. Um. And by the way, uh, Edwin said, be be warned if if he, a guy can you can come back too early, and I think oh, the nightmare scenario was Adam Thielen a couple of years ago, um, where he was essentially just a shell of himself and they had to shut him down eventually. So I think they will be
2: cautious with
0: McCaffrey. He'll miss at least a game, but
2: uh, yeah, no IR, we should say that. So that's that's a very positive sign. As long as he doesn't have a setback in practice, you would think that he's back within three weeks here. Oh, and by the way, I mean, it also looked like he was walking. Okay.
0: Like this wasn't like the Eckler thing from last year when Eckler could barely move. It looked Um, like a
2: sniper had gotten him on the back of the leg there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, uh, but this could affect how the Panthers play. Like, Chupa Hubbard is going to be on the RB2 radar. Anybody who expects him to be McCaffrey, I think you're being foolish. They could could throw it more here. Sam Darnold, Terrace Marshall, and a guy who, I I mean, in dynasty should be slurped up immediately, Tom. One Tommy Tremble, the tight end, break down this Caroline offense.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll probably see them probably skew a little bit more pass heavy here. um, You know, while McCaffrey's kind of out of the lineup. You know, Hubbard's not exactly a special runner. Um, and Donald's played, you know, fairly well here. It's a, you know, it's been a, a relatively easy schedule. Uh, they did have the Saints in week two, but, um, you know, Jets in week one and Texans in week three. So, but, you know, for the most part, you know, he's, he's held onto the ball a little too long at times, you know, watching that Thursday night game. Uh, still has that issue a bit, but, uh, you know, he has some big time playmakers. And, you know, DJ Moore has... He looks like you know a top ten type of wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, he's kind of been his go-to guy here, and it's kind of helped him. You know, he's uh, just under you know twenty fantasy fantasy points in that week two matchup against the Saints, but uh, up over twenty fantasy points in his other two games here. So uh, you know he's been trending in the right direction. Is uh, you know and, you know everything is looking very good here, uh, very promising, but. Uh, yeah, I, and it, it, this is the Dallas matchup here this week. Uh, you know, the schedule isn't too difficult overall. He's got Philadelphia in week five, at Minnesota and the Giants. So, uh, you know, a, a, a schedule that he could keep the momentum going against.
0: Uh, uh, let's talk now. Uh, we've got the Patriots backfield, Tom. Uh, well, you want to do
2: a little tremble and, uh, you know... Oh, yeah,
0: tremble, tremble and Marshall. Yeah, let's yeah, do you, that. Yeah, tremble... Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. You, a, uh,
2: you, you, read Greg Cosell's, uh... Oh, uh, he's a Greg Cosell oh, yeah. favorite. Didn't he, he, isn't there, like, something like he melts face masks, ma- face masks off of a... He injured. says
0: he looks to melt the face mask <laughs> of everybody he's blocking. Now... That doesn't necessarily get you fantasy points, but it does get him on the field. They traded Dan Arnold specifically to get this guy on the field. Tom, you saw he had a 30-yard reception on Thursday Night Football and a 7-yard touchdown run. Like, yes. you call that play for a guy who you who you trust at the goal line. Um, Tommy Tremble's a great athlete. There's a lot of untapped potential here. Really interesting player. Um, Dynasty, for sure. Maybe you're tight end needy in redraft in deeper league. You can you can probably consider picking him up. He's almost certainly available.
2: Yeah, I, I, you yeah, know I don't think he's going to be cracking like ten team lineups and you know uh, twelve team leagues and, but definitely a dynasty guy. Definitely a, a deeper deeper guy to look at. You know the position isn't too great anyway. So, um, you know they they traded away Dan Arnold. Uh, he was kind of that move tight end for them. Ian Thomas has kind of been in the inline blocker for them. So you know he kind of steps into a, a pretty nice role here. Uh, you know, he's going to probably be playing about 40 to 50 percent of the snaps if he, he stays in that move tight end role. And, uh, you know, Dan Arnold has, you know, gotten some chances in the early going. So, uh, you know, it, some, you know, it, it, and like you said, they they, d- they designed some plays for him in that week three game against the Texans. So they clearly are, you know, very pleased with him in the early going year that they would trade away a guy like Dan Arnold that they went out and signed at free agency. They they clearly like Joe Brady. Worked with him in New Orleans, so uh, you know they—they they, you know to do that kind of move, they must think very highly of Tommy Tremble. So yeah. I would think that his role is uh, going to grow significantly here going forward.
0: Uh, before we get to the Patriots' backfield, Tom, where I'm not sure there is a good option. Um, the Buffalo receivers: yes. Emmanuel Sanders, two touchdowns; Dawson Knox, a touchdown, and he is playing a ton of routes, uh, running a ton of routes. Um, just it looks like they have expanded the pass game beyond Diggs and and Beasley.
2: Yeah, and you know Dawson Knox is a really intriguing guy for me just because you know the tight end position is just an abomination right now. You know, I know people are trying to move on from Johnny Smith and uh you know people you know hate playing Mike Gesicki, you know, because uh, he's how consistent inconsistent he is. So, uh you know Dawson Knox is a a guy that's a little farther down the uh you know, the ranks, but he's a guy that's very talented. He was a third round pick out of Mississippi a couple of years ago. Um, you know, had issue. you know, lots of issues with drops in his first two seasons, but uh, that catch rate is uh, trending up where, upward here. He, you know, went to a specialist to work on his eye-hand coordination. And, um, you know, I think they've been very pleased with him in the early going. His routes, uh, you know, his routes run, per dropback for Josh Allen have grown in each of the last three weeks. He was running uh, with the, you know, Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley, and they've kind of reduced Gabriel Davis's role here. uh, Getting, getting Dawson Knox out into the field a little bit more here. So a guy that's owned in less than 10% of leagues. And uh, we know a lot of people are dying at the tight end position. So, you know, he's, he's kind of my priority ad, you know, Evan Ingram's a little more heavily owned. Uh, They're having issues at receiver right now. Uh, You know, he, he's uh he's 40% owned. So, you know, he's, he's more picked up in most leagues, but uh, Dawson Knox in terms of a yeah. player that is widely available in most leagues is a guy I would look at. And many seniors is, you know, played very well and it, it finally happened for him in week three. He's, he's in that John Brown role. Uh, you know, a very, a very good role in this offense. He Brown just couldn't stay on the field and healthy last year uh Mm -hmm. sanders has done a much better job of that in the early going here and it finally paid off with two touchdown catches and he's kind of like the uh the down you know he's he's an old guy he's you know 33 34 years old but he's kind of the downfield specialist uh in in this offense he's getting a lot of deep targets and uh you know a very healthy role in this offense so he's a a guy that's out there in 75 percent of leagues in yahoo
0: Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes who have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props, and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 4 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up and will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting thrivefantasy.com. Tune in to the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Tom, uh, a, a piece of news that came out during the podcast as we record. See, we got something here that uh, we can uh, actually uh, uh, yeah, we're provide recorded because we recorded later. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're about uh, an hour or two later than we usually are. The Colts and Marlon Mack have a mutually agreed to pursue a trade. Now, he hasn't been traded yet. But there are teams that could need a running back here. You know, the 49ers come to mind. Could Could Marlon Mack be a kind of a sneaky pickup here if you're running back needy in a deeper league?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, certainly worth an ad here. I mean, uh, you know, he's coming off an Achilles injury. Uh, you know, uh, hasn't really gotten a chance to show too much. But I mean, if he, you know, if he's out there on the market and teams are, you know, looking at him. Uh, you know he's you know we're always looking to stash running backs away to to see if they can get bigger roles. so um you know we'll, we'll see I, I have a tough time believing that he's gonna get traded and be a you know go somewhere and be a number one running back right away unless it's you know unless it is the 49ers so yeah uh, but, but maybe that's why you go out and pick him up maybe it is that chance that the 49ers are looking for uh that type of player and uh yeah he's he's worth a look uh just don't expect too much and uh, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to get questions about Josh Gordon as well, Joe. I mean, that was a, <laughs> another big question coming out. I mean, it, it's just because of the landing spot, too, with the Chiefs. But, yeah. uh, I mean, if you're in deeper legs, like a 14- or a 16-team leg, you know, I wouldn't blame you if you pick him up and stash him for a couple of weeks. But if you're expecting anything from him, uh, you know, this isn't 2013. This isn't uh, back when he was leading the league and receiving. Uh, you know, he's been basically out of football for you know, several years now. So, uh, if you're you're looking to catch lightning in a bottle, go for it. But uh, you know, if you're in a shorter league, it's you know 8, 10, 12 team league. You know, he's he's going to be struggling to get on the field. I would expect yeah. him to be behind McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Maybe he. Can... I, I think yeah, that is best case scenario yeah. is that he's Hardman. Yes. Like,
0: uh, and I mean. Everybody hates me, Cole Hartman. <laughs> so, like uh, that—that's the best case scenario. So, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm not freaking out about that. Um, the Patriots running backs, Tom. The problem here is pass pro. They don't trust JJ Taylor, uh, no. Harris Taylor, or uh, I guess they don't trust Stevenson, who's a rookie. Maybe they do eventually, but um, that means Brandon Bolden's going to play. I mean, what a mess! Uh, it, it the last two years, it's been. It's been James White and, and the last few years, James White and Rex Burkhead, the only two guys they trust in pass pro. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're able to swing a trade for Burkhead. I don't know if, if there's a priority pickup here. I, I would look to Stevenson if he's yeah. out there, but it's it's it could be really annoying. Yeah,
2: it's gonna it's going to be annoying. I, I can guarantee that. J.J. Taylor's like he's the best receiver of the group, but they absolutely have no trust in him, as you said, in pass protection. So. Uh, I know people are, are kind of looking that way, but I, I just don't see it unless he all of a sudden becomes much better in pass protection. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I'd pick up Steven. Uh, you know, Stevenson has a chance to at least become uh, a game day. You know, he, he's been a- inactive here the last two weeks because of a fumble in week mm-hmm. one. Now he might actually crack the lineup, uh, the 53 man roster on game day. And maybe that leads to, you know, more opportunities on the field and, um, you know, he's certainly talented and he's shown some things, but uh, if you're, you know, I, you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots, um, you know, are kind of active here in the next week or two uh, looking, you know, maybe it's Rex Burka, maybe it's Duke Johnson, you know, whoever they can uh, you know, go out there and look for, you know, that specific role that James White has occupied, um, you know, in the last, you know, since he came into the league here from Wisconsin. So, uh you know i I, you know brandon bolden is not the you know not the answer for fantasy he might be the answer for them in their pass pro though that's uh it's gonna be frustrating
0: that's annoying yeah because like if somebody's gonna be out there because they trust him in pass pro we'd at least like him to be a good football player
2: i mean maybe someday (laughs) we'll have fantasy leagues that you get points for a great pickup and pass protection but we're not at that point just yet (laughs) uh all right so Let's uh let's wrap it up here Tom. This was the Week 4 Waiver
0: Wire Podcast, Week 4 Injury Podcast. Dr. Edwin Porris at FB injury Doc on Twitter. Tom Brawley at Tom Brawley on Twitter. If you want to read the full Waiver Wire article with like a 100 more guys than this, go to fantasypoints.com and subscribe. Uh, hey, maybe you're 3 and 0, maybe you're 0 and 3. 3 and 0, you want to break away from the pack. 0 and 3, you want to catch up. Go subscribe with 21 Brawley 10. We are still accepting subscriptions. You will be glad that you signed up. Thank you, everybody. Uh, My name's Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter, and we will talk to y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform, and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com.